It's Midday Magazine for Friday, December 22nd. I'm Shelby Herbert. United States Senator Lisa Murkowski traveled to Wrangell on Wednesday to look at the site of the town's recent deadly landslide. She met with the fire department and search and rescue team. Senator Murkowski also met with family members of the landslide victims, as well as Christina Florschutz, who is the sole survivor. She says she was impressed by the dedication of the Wrangell Search and Rescue Team as they described their experience after November 20th's fatal landslide. It was actually quite inspirational to be listening to those who were on the ground literally hours after the slide in the dark um, in, in very, very tentative conditions. Senator Murkowski was born in Ketchikan and grew up in several Alaska towns, including Wrangell. She says she considers Wrangell home and that she feels grief for the community. It just hurt to look up the first, the first glimpse of that scar on the mountain. It was like uh, just a cut through the body to see that and to, to know the devastating impact and the loss. She says although the search may be over, the community will continue to face challenges like anxiety together. She says it's important for her to continue to connect with people in Wrangell, and she will continue to work with the people of Wrangell as they heal from their loss. Petersburg locals are preserving the Northern European holiday tradition of preserving fish and brine. The town crowned four champions this month at its 49th annual pickled herring contest. It was a time of merriment and cheer, with an undercurrent of fierce competition. Rain lashes the exterior of Petersburg's Sons of Norway Hall on the night of December 13th. But inside, it's toasty and dry. The air is zested with the smell of pickling spices, peppercorns, mustard seed, and dill, as well as other carefully guarded secret ingredients. Heidi Lee is arranging bowls of brine seafood on a long table for tonight's event, and she's resisting the urge to sample their contents. I think that pickled herring is soul food, so I can't wait till I can start eating some of this stuff. The warm glow of Christmas lights illuminates plates of artfully arranged delicacies, the spread ranges from classic Scandinavian fare, slices of jewel-toned salmon and pillowy lefse, to the unconventional. A side of smoked eel and a terrine of pickled tanner crab decorated with the crab's own claws and looking somewhat like an alien life form. Both are hits with the crowd. And then the star of the show, bowls of pale cuts of pickled herring. The atmosphere is cheerful, with friends and neighbors coming in from the cold to hobnob over giant plates of food. But this is a serious night for the contestants. Glorianne Wolin is one of them. She's also the MC for the contest. She's mingling in the crowd with a big smile on her face, but her head is still in the game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, my fierce competitors are Helmer and Sig, and every once in a while we have somebody else that jumps into it, but uh, I caught Sig's eye across the post office and we gave each other a little wink. Pickled fish isn't the only salty thing in the Sons of Norway Hall. Katie Brantuis is one of tonight's judges. 
She says some years, folks have cried actual tears over the contest. It's competitive, it's great, it's beautiful. So competitive, in fact, that the organizers had to tweak the rules this year. Brantuis says judges used to be able to recognize their friends' dishes by how they were plated. And that put the contest in a bit of a pickle, as far as fairness goes. Now, every contestant has to serve up their entry the same way. They're going to put the pickled herring in the same bowl, which is new this year. Therefore, it's not like, oh, I know so-and-so's bowl. Appearance aside, there are lots of different ways to evaluate brine seafood. I asked the judges and participants about what makes a champion pickled herring dish. Texture, flavor. And, in that order? Uh, well, flavor and texture is probably in that order. See, there's multiple facets. It's a multifaceted thing. For herring, you want firmness and then a good pickling. Taste. It's all about the taste. Taste, taste, taste. When the judges complete their rounds, Wolin steps up to announce the winners. There are a few different categories, and not all of them are focused on herring. Jim Edgars won first place in the smoked salmon category with his smoked winter king. Helmer Olson and Kurt Kernvik tied for the best pickled fish and seafood category. Both entered their pickled black cod. And the winner of the 2023 Petersburg Pickled Herring Contest, Sig Matisson, announcer Glorianne Wolin's rival. Matisson took home two first place trophies. He won the smoked cured fish category with his gravlocks and the pickled herring category with his south of the border sauced herring. Matisson insists there's not much of a secret to his success. I do the same recipes year after year and it's, I might do a little different little touches to fine tune what I do. But I try to be traditional and try to smoke and pickle and do things the way my family has done for years and years. Matisson is a third generation Norwegian American and he says the contest is about preserving more than just cuts of fish. It's important to be like in this building, Sons of Norway, doing things that my grandfather did and probably way before him. My recipes I learned from my uncle and my cousin Andy and I'm more than happy to keep the, keep the traditions going. Matisson says in order to carry the pickled herring tradition into the future, he's even willing to pass on his award-winning recipes. Eventually. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. Southeast Alaska has seen an explosion in cruise tourism in the last two years, and communities are struggling to cope with the crowding, congestion, and simple exhaustion that comes from managing the rapid growth. Next summer, the city of Juneau is planning to limit cruise traffic to five ships a day, the result of a newly negotiated agreement between the city and the cruise line industry. But Sitka's only cruise dock is privately owned. And although its owner has said he plans to strategically manage ship visits next year, it may not satisfy Sitkins looking for a legislative solution. For Coast Alaska's Tourism Today series, Catherine Rose reports from Sitka. Every couple of hours, we hear them coming. When the Pebble Pub slowly crawls through downtown Sitka, the multi-passenger bicycle turns heads. 
As the lime green vehicle passes City Hall, it makes a left onto an ever so slightly elevated street. The hill is barely perceptible to the human eye, but the 15 cyclists holler louder, pushing themselves over the hump. <laughs> An hour later, they come by again. Around and around, the pedal pub goes, stopping at bars on Lincoln Street to break up the passengers' cardio workouts with a beer. It's a sound unique to the summer months in Sitka, when hundreds of thousands of cruise ship visitors disembark from their floating cities to revel in the beauty of southeast Alaska. But another sound Sitkins have gotten familiar with is this. A fleet of tour buses runs almost nonstop when a ship is in port. Unlike other southeast communities, Sitka's cruise dock isn't downtown. It's six miles north. That means busing tourists is a big part of the equation, and not everyone is happy about it. I go home with a headache, nausea short of breath, my eyes were burning and irritated. That's Peter Hagen. He's a local painter and contractor. This summer, he spent a month working on a house next to the state highway, buses passing by every few minutes. It was like I was living in L.A. I smelled it and I tasted it. It was diesel exhaust. Hagen says he's pro-tourism, but the experience cemented in his mind the idea that cruise traffic in Sitka was getting out of control, and both people and the environment were feeling the effects in a very big way. They should see Southeast Alaska for what it is, and that's a world-class preserve. We don't need floating cities docking and uh, slides and race cars, SpaceX rocket launches and thrill rides. They're missing the very essence of, of what we are. The summer of 2023 blew the previous year's record-breaking cruise season right out of the water. 585,000 passengers visited Sitka from late April to early October. With that came big business and an economic recovery after two quiet pandemic years. For many Sitkins, it was an opportunity. New tour businesses and food carts flourished, and Sitka's Main Street was closed to traffic and turned into a pedestrian mall for over 70 days of the summer. But it also brought congestion and concerns about bus traffic, e-bikes, and pedestrian safety. And with those concerns came some community pushback. It's just absolute chaos. Larry Edwards and a group of around 40 other Sitkins tried twice this fall to get a ballot proposition to cap the number of cruise visitors out to voters in a special election. I feel that uh, the cruise industry thinks uh, it's the planning director of the city and that we have to march to its orders. I think we needed to take control back. Both petitions failed to pass a review by the city's attorney, who cited a variety of potential legal pitfalls in attempting to restrict the use of a private dock. A similar question in Bar Harbor, Maine, will be the litmus test for whether a municipality can legally limit cruise traffic at a private dock. A federal judge is expected to issue a ruling on that case soon. The day Edwards' second petition was denied, Sitka Dock Company owner Chris McGraw announced he's imposing his own limits on the size and number of ships allowed to dock at the terminal each day. It kind of all got hit at once, and um, I think we're now, you know, working to try to get caught up. McGraw thinks if COVID hadn't happened, the community's adjustment would have been a little easier as the cruise numbers scaled up a little slower. 
He's hoping that curbing the number of ships and passengers, staggering arrivals, and building new infrastructure, like a theater at the dock, will help better disperse the passengers, cut down on bus traffic, and relieve some pressure. I guess my message would be, you know, let's look at our numbers and see if, you know, we can slow that, slow everything down a little bit, but then also work to uh, catch up our infrastructure, catch up our tours so that we can meet uh, the demand that we'd like to see. And that is ultimately healthy, in my opinion, for the community. He hasn't landed on a number yet, but McGraw says the limits he sets would be subject to adjustment. Ultimately, he says Sitka needs the high numbers of cruise visitors to keep local tour businesses viable. October was pretty quiet in Sitka. Some restaurants and shops closed down for the month to catch their breath. But in November, the city's tourism task force was back at work hosting its first town hall, inviting locals to take stock of the summer, especially the level of cruise tourism. Nearly 300 Sitkins filled the room wall to wall, scribbling their thoughts on sticky notes. A word cloud updated in real time as participants submitted words like crowded, booming, profit, noisy. Task Force member Barbara Bingham stood beside a row of jars with labels asking people to rate the most important aspect of managing the cruise industry. Next to those jars were tiny paper cups of pinto beans. They could put all their beans in one jar if they were really strong, felt strongly about something. And then we're going to count the beans, yes, right. The town hall was just the first of several planned between now and the task force's spring deadline to make recommendations to the assembly. For some, dropping beans didn't capture their feelings on either side of the issue. The public process is slow. Even if the Sitka Assembly could decide on a course of action by next spring, it would not change the fact that the summer of 24 is going to look a lot like the summer of 23. Even if Sitka's private cruise dock implements changes, they wouldn't be in effect until 2025. In the meantime, Sitkins are collectively writing their own version of the pedal pub, heading up and one day over the hump. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.